And uh, I'm going to give a talk tonight, and we'll have a talk and then a discussion. <clears throat> and um, I thought I would, the name of the talk is Gratefulness and the Giving of Thanks. And this is the Thanksgiving weekend. And I, there's so much Dharma in just that idea, Thanksgiving weekend. And when I thought about it, and I thought about the Dharma, I thought about the, the Brahma Viharas, the divine abodes, or the, um, um, the, yeah, the divine abodes of Metta, Karuna, Mudita, Nupeka, which are these five flavors of the heart. When the heart is free, come quite naturally, Metta being loving kindness, Karuna being compassion, Mudita being joy or empathic joy, and Upeka being um, equanimity or a sense of balance with the heart. And when I think about the Brahma Viharas, I think that there's a hidden fifth Brahma Vihara, which is called gratitude or gratefulness. And so I like to bring in gratefulness as the fifth Brahma Vihara. Um, and the word in, in Buddhism for gratitude is uh, katanata, katanata, which um, in, in the word is implied both the emotional response of being grateful, but also in Buddhism, it's understood that gratefulness is a kind of knowledge. And, and the meaning is that there's a kind of knowing and recognizing um, what has been done for one's benefit. And I'm sure if you all reflect, you all can think of, reflect on, remember things that have been done for your benefit and things that you might not usually even consider, but are being done for your benefit. Like that, you know, the lights come on when we turn them on. People are doing that. People are keeping that functioning or that, you know, the streets are cleaned once every week or two. And, and so we live in a relatively clean world and that's being done for us. But we don't usually notice it if we're not aware and don't reflect on what's being done for one's benefit. And so that's part of the Dharma as I think about it of this Thanksgiving weekend. And I also think Thanksgiving is important to see from a Dharma perspective, which is always seeing the paradox of reality, the big picture, the, the truth. And, um, and part of what happens even on a Thanksgiving weekend is it includes both Sukha and Dukkha. And of course, um, Sukha is a Pali word for happiness, or uh, it means a kind of quiet or sublime joy, sukha. And it's the inherent goodness of dana, of giving, right? Like Amy just talked about dana being part of the uh, Buddhist tradition. Dana is both generosity and giving. And so the giving of thanks is a form of dana. When we really have appreciation for what's been given, that's also a form of, of giving, of dana itself. And that's, that's inherently good in our understanding. 
And so sukha and dukkha, right? Sukha is the happiness or the, the quiet, sublime joy of being. And dukkha is suffering or dis-ease or uncomfortableness or the subtle tension that is part of life. But mostly it's translated as suffering. And so one of the paradoxes of seeing the big picture about thanksgiving is that for native peoples uh, of this land, in, in this the United States of America, Thanksgiving is a day of mourning and protest, actually, because it's commemorating the arrival of the colonizers in North America and the oppression and genocide that followed for native peoples. And the, and the, and the even bigger paradox, of course, the, uh, the native peoples who were in that part of this country when the, the pilgrims arrived with the uh, Wampanoag, the Wampanoag peoples, for them, harvest ceremonies and festivals were an integral part of their life and for thousands of years. And so the Wampanoag practiced daily and seasonal giving thanks long before they encountered the English settlers and the formation of Thanksgiving as a national holiday. So really the giving of thanks is inherent for human peoples. It's not just uh, an American holiday. And so, and so that's an important part of seeing with the lens of the Dharma, with the heart of the Dharma because uh, um, the Thanksgiving is in many, many cultures all around the world. And it's always basically the similar um, flavor or similar intention. It's a giving of thanks for the blessings of the harvest and the preceding year. And of course, the wish that may it may continue. And the harvest uh, festivals like um, in, in countries you might not think of them like Germany or Japan, they happen in autumn and different, different festivals happen at different times of the year. <clears throat> and of course, I like to look up the words that we're using to speak about the Dharma and to understand what's true. And for those of you, if anyone doesn't know, the word Dharma means truth. And um, and uh, in the dictionary, the giving of thanks, thanksgiving, uh, it, it literally says um, an act of giving thanks, an expression of gratitude, especially to God. And for us, that means especially to the sacred or the holy or the numinous or the wondrous part of being alive. And in the thesaurus, thanksgiving has to do with gratitude or gratefulness or appreciation or the acknowledgement of blessings. And so that's a beautiful understanding of how the Dharma understands this to the acknowledgement or celebration of divine goodness or blessings and the ordinary dispensation of the bounties of that is also in the dictionary, meaning it's given, and it's given not just magically or wondrously, but also ordinarily. 
and it's great like some of you um, have a dog in the picture and you can see the giving of your dog the friendship that the dogs give and the beauty and the love that's there uh, with the dog and it's just given the dogs aren't thinking about it sometimes we think about it but usually it comes pretty naturally for us so in Buddhism, gratitude also means appreciation, a recognition, a giving. Um, and, and the same as in the dictionary, the expression of gratitude being um, uh, the grateful to the, the divine or the God is really the acknowledgement or celebration of divine goodness or spiritual goodness or the divine mystery of being alive and that it's given life is given and it's here whether we like it or not is not what we're talking about but we're talking about the blessing of it either way right and the ordinary dispensation of thy bounties as it's put in the dictionary when they're talking about the holy right means to be grateful for the dharma and and that they're not separate the sacred and the ordinary dispensation and this is part of dharma practice is recognizing the bigger picture and and the life of recognizing both and appreciating this opportunity to wake up or to discover the truth with all of its components with both the sukha and the dukkha with the suffering and the joy with the, with the difficulty and the happiness and you can find it in the ordinary both together this is the paradox of the dharma it's it's actually they're often they can be both together not always but I, so I was reflecting for myself about um, walking in the park today, and I saw some coyotes today, and they're and they're so relaxed in parts of San Francisco they don't even run away at first, and then then they sometimes they get nervous about you, and sometimes they don't. Or yesterday I was swimming in the bay, and and just the blessing of being in this uh, city you know, like San Francisco, major city in the country, which has all this water around that were defined by that water. And then the swimming in the bay with a lot of different people, you know, some of whom I know and some I don't, but the joy that everybody has by being in the cold water and being alive, because you're, you're pretty sure you're alive when you get in the cold water. It's hard to miss it, you know, and if you miss it, it's a problem. <laughs> it can be a problem. And of course, there's dukkha with the animals, too. I was talking about the, the dogs uh, and because we had uh, somebody was visiting yesterday and their dog gets nervous. And so the dog pissed on our rug, you know, it's like, oh, it's a white rug and the dog pissed on the rug and it's and it's like a total drag and it's also it's not a big deal really it's just a dog being alive and pissing on the rug and you got to clean it up and so we we cleaned it up 
but it's but what I'm pointing at is both the ordinary and the extraordinary, the life that's here. And this is part of a dog's life sometimes. You know, you, you gotta piss on a rug once in a while. You know. <laughs> uh, and you can hear it, you'll hear it more. I'm gonna read some quotes from some of my um, Zen friends, one of my some of my favorite teachers from Rio Khan and EQ. And Ryokan said this, he said the bamboo, and Ryokan lived in the, I think, um, 17th century. I think they both lived around the same time, 17th, 16th, 17th century in Japan. And um, uh, Ryokan said, the bamboo grove in front of my hut, the bamboo grove in front of my hut, every day I see it a thousand times, yet never tire of it yet never tire of it. I mean, this is the this is the gratitude for life, for being alive, can be here each moment, because each moment is given. And we can be thankful for each moment that is given. And EQ, who is a little more, uh, Rio Khan's really a lovely, sweet man, very kind and very uh, warm. And EQ is more of a bad boy, and so he put it this way. He said, this brick house I live in is really the sky and just as priceless. This brick house I live in is really the sky and just as priceless because he sees the magic of reality that's given even in the house, even in the brick house. And the, and the, and the, lack of stasis in re, in experiential reality. I'm going to say it again, the lack of stasis in experiential reality. Because even though um, a brick house looks like a brick house and is a brick house, he's seeing deeper into it. He's seeing it's really the sky and just as priceless. And so really, I'm, all I'm doing tonight is wanting to point at what it means to be thankful or grateful and what the whole realm of this holiday might be about from a dharmic perspective. And so being grateful for the dharma is part of our practice, right? And being grateful for the dharma both personally and both in the bigger sense, the more sacred sense or, or wondrous sense. And of course, I gave my first really good Dharma talk was on a retreat many, many years ago now. Um, well, yeah, almost 30 years ago, something like that, um, which I gave it was about gratitude and uh, and because I wanted to give thanks for the people in my life who'd had an impact on me. And Allen Ginsberg had died, was died while we were on retreat. And people didn't know that. So I brought him into the room. I gave, I dedicated it to him. And then we, and because I, I was grateful for his Donna, for his gift. And his gift to me was a poem called Howl, which many of you may know. And Howell is really one of the more famous American poems. 
And I was always grateful for Alan's willingness to name the difficulties and to acknowledge the shadow of America and also the hidden majesty that was everywhere that wasn't being honored when he was a young man. And so I'm gonna to read to you a little bit from Howell just to give you a taste of Alan's vision and what he gave to the country and to the culture and to really all of us. And he starts, the poem goes, I, I'm not gonna, there's just one word here and somebody said, oh, don't, you shouldn't use that word. And I'm gonna use it because it's what Alan used and it's from a different time and place. He used the word Negro when he was talking about the black community. And so I'm gonna use his word and it's just remember it's from another era. Uh, he wrote this in 1950 something, Howell. He said, I saw the best minds of my generation destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn, looking for an angry fix. And so he starts out by, by positing the dukkha that he's living with. He saw the best minds of his generation, his comrades, his friends, his, his peers, destroyed by madness, starving, hysterical, naked, dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn, looking for an angry fix. Um, meaning they, they were looking everywhere for what would be help them out of the malaise of post-World War II American uh, middle-class civilization and, um, and the, the nine to five ethos of America at that time. And so they're dragging themselves through the in the black community because they're, that's where they're going to get an angry fix. Fix means heroin. And heroin is, you know, very, um, what's the word I want? It's very ameliorating of any pain when you take heroin. That's why people take heroin. There's no pain when you get high on heroin. And I know heroin from when I was a kid and it's a quick fix. And then he goes on to say, after dragging themselves through the Negro streets at dawn, looking for an angry fix, angel headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo in the machinery of night. And so now he's, He's talking about the blessing or the wonder or the goodness of his friends, of his peers, right? Angel-headed hipsters burning for the ancient heavenly connection, looking for God, looking for the sacred, burning for the ancient heavenly connection to the starry dynamo, to the, men, to the magic and wonder of reality in the machinery of night. The machinery of night is industrial America. And then he goes on, he says, who poverty and tatters and hollowed eyed and hollow eyed and high sat up smoking in the supernatural darkness of cold water flats, right? Who, who weren't looking for money or fame or anything, but where they were looking for something that wasn't there that wasn't easy to find and they 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 sat up in the supernatural darkness even of cold water flats 
um, and then he continues floating across the tops of cities contemplating jazz, meaning that they were living in this urban world and that jazz was the great, one of the great gifts uh, of the um, black community uh, in the last hundreds of years because it was the first original American music that came out of this country and that is still uh, and is still new all the time because it's created, it's improvised. It's not just written down and then you write, you play what's written. It's coming out of the soul, out of the heart, moment by moment. And so he, he says, floating across the tops of cities, contemplating jazz, who bared their brains to heaven under the L and saw Mohammedan angels staggering on tenement roofs illuminated, right? Who bared their brains to heaven under the L and saw Mohammedan angels staggering on tenement roofs illuminated. And he's just pointing now at the holiness of all people and, and, and their, their angelness, as he calls it, the Mohammedan angelness, in, in the, even on the tenement roofs. And so you get a little taste of the, the gift that Alan gave us of being able to say the difficulty and the magic of reality all together. And so I have a lot of gratitude for, um, for Alan and his work and his life. He lived a very interesting life. And there are a lot of other people who I feel grateful to being willing to say what's true or point to something outside the ordinary, like the Buddha. That's what the Buddha did. He just pointed to something that nobody knew how to get to. And he said, oh, here's what I've discovered. And this is possible for you. Or the Buddha's aunt, Mahapajapati, who challenged the Buddha because the Buddha wasn't allowing women into the into the monastic community. And she said, you know, basically said, what are you doing? I want, I want to, I want to wake up also. And, and it was against the cultural norm at that time to have men and women practicing together. And so, uh, uh, uh challenged him and she won. And of course, there's other, people, whether it's Jesus or Prajnaparamita or Gandhi, I mean, who were willing to say what was true and, and change the world or, or Rosa Parks, who changed America by just not saying something, but just not leaving her seat on the bus in the South in the 50s when she was supposed to move to the back of the bus. And so grateful for human wisdom and human courage and the, the, uh, the magic of human evolution, which is not static, which keeps evolving. And of course, there are many different, the Dharma comes in many forms, and I'm saying some very famous Dharma, whether if I'm saying, you know, Jesus or Buddha or, or Prajna Paramita, or Gandhi, or Rosa Parks, or Martin Luther King. I mean, those are very, but there's also not as famous people who may have touched you personally, 
may have given you some gifts personally. And when I've thought of this, of course, the first person who comes to mind for me is Gordy Howe, which many people don't know because he was a Detroit Red Wing hockey player, but he was a, a good guy. And I, I got to meet him a number of times as a kid. And he was always so gracious and so kind and so giving. And then other people in my life who have touched me, whether it was uh, Bob Dylan or Emily Dickinson, who's totally a Dharma person, you know, whose poetry is so uh, paradoxically true, or John Coltrane, the musician, or Margaret Mahler, or really I'll, I should start with Freud, who was so amazing, he changed the whole world by coming up with psychology and really understanding something about the unconscious that we didn't understand before that. And then Margaret Mahler, who was, you know, post-Freud psychologist who changed our whole understanding about how the psyche develops. And, you know, I can name other people like Eric Dolphy, another great jazz musician who I loved, or Ananda Mai Mai. These are different people who touch me personally in some way. And I'm asking you to reflect a little bit for yourself about who might have touched you, who you might feel grateful for what they gave you, whoever that might be. It could be a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, or it could be a school teacher, or it could be somebody totally out of the box who you wouldn't think of, but who did give you a gift. And of course, the real gateway to gratitude is being present and being awake and aware to what's given. And there's a one level of practice that starts to uh, illuminate within us, which is seeing how everything is given like the body is given and we can be grateful for the body, even with its pluses and minuses. And I don't know any body, body that doesn't have a plus and minus. Bodies are, you know, they're great when they work good and they're really a pain when they don't, but they do both. Even when they're not working great, consciousness is still alive here in an embodied way. And so appreciating the aliveness, even though that aliveness is totally impermanent, that it will not last forever. And so being grateful for the body or being grateful for the mind, right? That we can think or talk or, or analyze or be logical or creative. And of course we can be mindful. We can pay attention, we can see clearly We can begin, start to dance and be intimate with the subtlety of phenomenology arising moment by moment. And grateful for, the, for our hearts, right? This amazing capacity of the heart to feel and the, the kind of magical display of emotion whether it's anger or, or, or sadness or being loving or scared or happy or, or, or bored or, 
ecstatic or uptight or blissful or numb. I mean, it's just a wild, it's a wild theater of the heart. And it's right here. It's just given to us. And it tells us something about which way to go, what to follow. And so part of opening to our body and our heart and mind, we allow ourselves to be. And that is key to the Dharma. We allow ourselves to be human beings. As they say in the Zen, if you want to get awakened, be yourself all the way to the end. Be yourself all the way to the end. Let yourself be. Because the human beingness is what we're pointing at. And so when we practice like that, we can be grateful for each moment. And what comes is a kind of faith or trust in ourselves and in our innate goodness, our innate, our, our own Buddha nature. And I'll end the talk with a poem from Hakuin that I've read many times that I love. And he said, <clears throat> Akawin said, all beings by nature are Buddha. All beings by nature are Buddha, as ice by nature is water. Apart from water, there is no ice. How sad people ignore the near and search for truth afar. And you hear the paradox he's pointing at, that the Dharma keeps pointing at us at. All beings by nature are Buddha, as ice by nature is water. Apart from water, there is no ice. How sad people ignore the near, what's right here, and search for truth afar. And then he goes on to say, those who hear this truth even once and listen with a grateful heart, treasuring it, revering it, gain blessings without end. And he goes on, much more, those who turn about and bear witness to self-nature, self-nature that is no nature, go far beyond mere doctrine. How boundless and free is the sky of awareness. How bright the full moon of wisdom. Truly is anything missing right now. Truly, is anything missing right now? That just this moment, not two minutes ago, not two minutes coming, but just right now. How boundless and free is the sky of awareness? How bright the full moon of, wis of wisdom? Truly, is anything missing right now? Nirvana is right here before our eyes. This very place, the lotus land, this very body, Buddha. So those are a few thoughts about gratitude and the gratefulness and the giving of thanks. So, okay, so I'm going to ring the bell. We'll end, we'll do a little sharing of merit and then we'll end the evening. And you know, um, 
taking a moment to reflect, appreciate uh, what we've been given, what we've been given in life, but what we've been given tonight. You know, the fact that we're, we have the good fortune to be able to come together and sit and meditate and learn about the Dharma and practice together, appreciating all that's been given and may the goodness that we've been given go out in every direction, touching beings in every realm. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings be grateful for whatever's been given that can help us all awaken and discover the truth. May all beings be free. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.